Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Naiad race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. And right now, we're on the Bestiary 6 races. This lovely woman's skin appears to be made of water. She has a fluid grace and wears clothing of woven reeds and leaves. This is our version, our playable version of a nymph. So we've had other water-based races before. Usually they had a fish. One might say too many. Yeah, they usually have a fish theme or an elemental theme. Those have been the two most common ones. This is the first one that has more of a fey theme to it, more of a nature theme than any mm -hmm. pre-existing animal. Yeah, the ones are tied to, like, elementals and genies, and this one, you, know, you have it in your blood, maybe water runs through your veins. This one is, no, you're kind of made of water a little bit. Obviously, uh, the Dyad was created after the immense success of the M. Night Shyamalan movie, Lady in the Water. Right, um, which Everyone didn't... flooded the forms and demanded that this be a playable race. Christian, was that a pun on my podcast? If it was, it wasn't intentional. You said flooded. Oh, man, I'm good. See, like, <laughs> it just flows. Oh, there I go again. <laughs> Stop! I am doing the rest of the episode myself, <laughs> so I can guarantee there'll be no more puns. Naiads are protectors of freshwater areas, such as lakes, ponds, and particularly rivers. While many naiads are reclusive, some choose to regularly visit settlements built near their bodies of water as long as those settlements are respectful to nature and the fae. Others explore the vast world, bonding to bodies of water as they travel. These naiads are the most likely to come in contact with other societies or visit other nations. But regardless, these fae enjoy inspiring others to artistic greatness. Some take this as proof that naiads originated long ago from the intermingling of nymph and mortal bloodlines. Listen, nymphs are always pictured as very pretty women. So I listen. There's got to be a point when some guy said, "Let's try to make a baby nymph." <laughs> All right. So they're not they're not literally nymphs. They're kind of like half nymphs. We can think of them as mm -hmm. naiads have elegant fey grace and beauty, but have delicate builds. Plus two dex, plus two to charisma, and a minus two to strength. A great stat spread for any spellcaster that relies on charisma. So your sorcerers, um, your oracles. Um, good for uh, something like a bard or a rogue that isn't going to be relying on strength, giving them a bonus to their uh, social abilities and their physical abilities. Which they, they sort of tried to play into saying that they're a bard. The example build here is a bard. It kind of felt a little shoehorned into me, but I mean, what can you do with only one paragraph? Yeah, I can't imagine them really doing the stat spread any differently. So naiads are fey with the water subtype. Uh, two types, uh, type and subtype, I don't think we've seen, or we might see the water one before, but we haven't seen a fae type creature, have we? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember, I don't remember things that well. The water subtype, does that do anything interesting? Well, let's start with the fae one. Fine. So being a fae doesn't actually mean much. It is a typing, so it's important for, like, favorite enemy and stuff like that. Um, but all they really get trait-wise from being a fae is low light vision. And they also have to breathe, eat, and sleep. The water subtype uh, gives them a swim speed, which we'll, we'll talk about when we talk about their speeds. Allows them to move in water without swim checks. Makes sense. And they can breathe underwater and usually breathe air as well. And they treat swim as a class skill. So they are medium creatures and they have a move speed of 30 feet and a swim speed of 30 feet that they get from their water subtype. Naiads begin play speaking common and sylvan. Makes sense. If they have a high intelligence score, they can choose from Akla, Aquan, Dwarven, Elven, Giant, Gnome, Goblin, Halfling, Sylvan, and any regional human tongue. It's a long list. 
You, you ever use the the regional tongues? I've never used them yet. Well, actually, that's not true. I've used Aslanti. That's it. Uh, no, not really. It was a wellspring of conversation. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they asked. They have low light vision, so they can see twice as far as humans in dim light. Naiads have a fey nature. This gives them a plus two racial bonus on both handle animal and knowledge nature checks. That makes sense. You want to see, you kind of picture them in in ponds and stuff with the fish swimming around them and not being afraid of them. You want them to be sort of tied and part of the ponds and the bodies of water that they're in. Definitely a thematic bonus to have. I'm feeling, uh, from a power gamer standpoint, not super useful. Mm-hmm. They have uh, inspiration. Anaya can choose another intelligent creature to inspire by giving that creature a token, typically a lock of her hair. Which is, like, I picture these things really made of water, so I, I just picture you have this, like, hair-shaped water that just won't dissolve away. You have a sweater made from their tears. <laughs> That's really sad question. As long as the creature carries the naiad's token and retains her favor, that creature gains a plus one insight bonus on will saving throws and craft and perform checks. The naiad retains a link to her token and its carrier as if she had cast a status spell on the carrier. Hmm. The Naiad can end this effect at any time as a free action, and a single Naiad can only inspire one other creature at a time in this manner. So this is actually kind of hitting the muse sort of theme. Yeah, a couple of fey creatures can do something like this, and it's typically an NPC ability. You really have to, you know, cozy up to the NPC to get them to do something like this for you. This is definitely a slightly weaker version of it, but I think mechanically and thematically this is really interesting. I can imagine if you have an NPC Naiad giving this to a player is very interesting. The Naiad could be checking up on them. Uh, if you are a Naiad player and give this item to another player, there's a lot of role-playing opportunity that goes on there. If you give it to an NPC that isn't with you guys all the time uh, and they're checking up on their status, like you could confer a lot of things like that. Like Sometimes they get hurt. Like, what, what's going on with that NPC? Hmm. Yeah, and I think as much as I love like the, the, the romance between players, of course I'm going to think that this would be really, really fun to use if you're playing as the Naiad. You can, like, you know, as this sort of gesture of romance, give them the lock of your hair or whatever, something that's become special, and now you can always sort of check up on them. I think that's kind of cute. Why is it going to be romantic, Caleb? Why can't it be a platonic inspiration? It can be. Okay. Yeah. Christian. So it doesn't, it doesn't say anywhere they have to be females. No, it doesn't. I'm, I'm sorry. I've just been kind of going off of the picture. No, I, I'm wondering because I, I thought they I thought they always were. I'm just wondering if, like, well, you should just assume I know that, that or... I did just assume that almost every, uh, well, at least in other fiction, every single sort of um, nymph is female. So that's my story. I kind of thought of it. Well, rules of rules is written. I don't think I have to be a girl. Not yet. No, you don't have to be. <gasps> Christian, why do you have to tear apart <laughs> me just trying to be romantic? <laughs> do I have to do I have to predicate anything everything with or as a guy player? Well no, I was just I Listen, we can all admit this much. It is much better to have girls lightly draped in 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 vines and different coverings than it is to have a guy because you got to have like a bulge down there to cover the whole thing and it's just an unseemly look. Unless you're like a wild guy who wants to have the giant cod piece. If that is your thing, I guess you get. I but guess. I just think I it makes it hard to sit down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I. Th- <laughs> oh, so it's supposed so to be lightly covering. It's, it's like oh, there's just a few plants. Except for, don't look down here. I have a giant cactus because it's the only thing that will cover it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to draw the line. Why is it okay to describe half naked women but not half naked men? It's like you're going <laughs> to the fisherman. Here's your bait and tackle, and here's my bait and tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about their water bond, Christian. Bond. Water bond. See, you know what? Now this, I'm throwing everything out. I'm, 
Everything is new now. You know what? Every male naiad, I can now picture a James Bond, but only Sean Connery, you know, naiad in there. He's the kind of guy that can pull off the coverings down there. You know what I mean? He comes up. He's got that hat that looks like that looks like a duck or whatever it, a seagull, I think it was in the first movie. And he comes up and he's like, "How are you doing?" <laughs> he's the kind of guy that can pull off the Bond, water Bond. What does she might bait and tackle? So naiads have a water bond. They uh, gain strength from a pond, lake, river, or other body of fresh water. Well, within 300 yards of her bonded body of water, she gains a plus one insight bonus to armor class and a plus one bonus on saving throws. Once per day, as a full round action that provokes attacks opportunity, a naiad can forge a bond with a body of fresh water. Jeez Louise, thanks for letting me know that it provokes attack of opportunity. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, if you have a player that is a naiad, it gives you a lot of opportunities. It just gives you something you can immediately consider when creating an area. Does it have a body of fresh water? What does that look like here? Because no two bodies of fresh water have to be alike. Why don't you come back to my place? No, we can just do it right here. No, I... I would get some bonuses if we go back to my place. <laughs> and they're really good bonuses. Plus one bonus on all saving throws. Really good. Insight bonuses aren't something you get very often. Uh, racial bonus, obviously, is not going to be overlapped with much else. And that that is the Nyad. Christian, what do you think of him? Or her? <laughs> of them, generally? Mm, was that was it them? That was an abbreviation of him. That was an abbreviation of them. They're interesting. I think they're a little light on the mechanics. They don't have a lot of stats going for them. They're mostly just their ability scores and the inspiration and the water. Um, but I think as a water-based race, they are a strong contender for some of the most role-playable abilities, I guess I'll call them. I think inspiration is a very neat ability that opens up a lot of role-playing potential. I think the water bonding is a really great tool for a GM to have to flesh out areas that they visit to describe them in different ways through the lens of nature. Um, not all PCs, based on their classes they choose, are going to care about the way that nature appears in an area, but regardless of what class the naiad is, just based on their race, you're going to be able to use that lens to filter out the land. Whether it has a clean and accessible body of fresh water, or sometimes even when it doesn't, and then that can open up the question, well, how does this place not have a body of fresh water? Where are we? Like, everything uses water. That is really cool. I, sometimes it's one of those things where things are expanded by limiting them. By limiting the fresh water, you, you've opened up all these opportunities. Um, I love these these guys and girls. And I, uh, you got me saying it now, Christian. I hated it when I was in when I was in um, part of student senate. I was put in charge of you know revamping the constitution of the United States. That's correct. <laughs> that kind of that senate. No, the senate of of my my, my college, my university. Excuse me. And um, and one of the complaints that came up was that the the verbiage in there uh, just said he, and there was sort of a big deal about whether it was gonna be he or she. And I was just like, this is murder. Can we maybe change the the content that we were having problems with? And you've got it now, Christian. You're making me say he or she. You know what, Christian? English needs a a a gender neutral pronoun. It's just so many writing problems I have. If you were if you look on the wiki, like I have to write stuff, sometimes it's just like it's a nightmare. We need a gender neutral pronoun. It would be nice um, to note when things are written in Pathfinder, what gender it uses is decided by like the iconic of that class or race. Mm -hmm. Yep. And in the case of these things that don't have iconics, I believe they just they just stick to what gender the picture is, which in this case was a girl. I will say I wish that. Um, oh, you know, now it says that it never anywhere here says 
Mm. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to have the conversation now about whether or not they can only be women. It doesn't say anywhere here that they can be, except that the description here says this lovely woman's skin. But I don't think that that means, does it? That's describing the beast geriatry. So they see that beast and it's by default. Yeah, I think you're right. Girl. Yeah. Don't, don't ruin, Usually it's not don't ruin the Sean Connery naiad for us. Sorry. Aside from the changeling, that's never been an issue. I don't think they've ever limited to one gender or the other. I don't think we've even, even have you ever even had an androgynous race yet? I want to say Astamoy were probably androgynous. Oh, yeah, maybe. But you know, uh, I do have a problem here. And my problem is that the description says her skin appears to be made of water. And they don't really go into any more depth about that. As a role player, uh, or as a player, the thing that interesting me most about playing a race is what they look like. Unfortunately, I guess in some cases. And this, the reason I would want to be a naiad is because I want to be a water person. That sounds super cool. And I just don't know what I'm like to be able to roleplay. Now, it gives me more availability if I have a GM that will let me do that. Maybe it's going to cause more restrictions if I have a GM that's sort of strict. And every time I try to do something, he goes, no, I don't think naiads are like that. That might cause some problem because it's so open here. They don't tell me if I'm made of water. I understand that like you know, if I get cut, I bleed and all that stuff. But that can be made to look like a million things. That can be just made that whatever bond, the meniscus that's around my body, you know, gets broken and can't be in repair aside through the means that repair normal humanoids. I'm cool with that, but they just don't describe it that way. A lock of hair, like when they describe it that way, I immediately think, oh, maybe I'm not all made out of water. I don't know. It's just very confusing. I would like more, a little more solid answers on what exactly a naiad is made of. What is nice is that the naiad, despite being another water race, we don't have the same problem, which I think we had with merfolk, which is like, oh, look, more water people. Um, I think they did manage to break out enough to feel... Excuse me, that was your separate. problem. I love the merfolk. Okay, well... <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't feel like we have. That I just had it with the nine other water races we had to cover. Right. Undine and Murpho. Nyad, I think, stands out from them pretty well. Mm-hmm. I agree. So far, of the ones we've covered, they are my favorite of the Beastary Six. I mean, oh, definitely. But a big contender for that might be the Rougarou, which is the next race. Christian, the Rougarou. The Rougarou. The Rougarou. <laughs> Is this going to be an entire episode of us going, the Rougarou? The Rougarou? The Rougarou? Is that like a like, like Scooby-Doo? It's going to be like Scooby-Doo, where we just be like, Rougie. <laughs> uh, the Rougarou, this is the dog folk quote-unquote race that uh, people have been clamoring for. Uh, and, I, and I say that not just sort of kind of anecdotally. Uh, that was something that uh, I did a little bit of research. And actually, I didn't have to do research things I had found out about uh, before. That the, the community has been wanting a dog folk race. I think ever since cat folk really have been introduced, like, why not a dog folk? Well, here it is, the Rougarou. We're getting to it next episode. Look forward to that. I realize that every time I talk about what's coming up next, I tell you guys to look forward to things. It's, like, very demanding. You're going to look forward to that, or I swear I'll never make another podcast episode for you again. This is a legally binding service. Rougarou! <laughs> all right, we'll see you all next episode. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey.
hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just getting ready to go trick-or-treating. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can find Trailblazers on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, don your wizard hat and robe, grab some dice, and join us. And I love this date. It's the one time of year where everyone goes out and LARPs. Caleb, you know that these people aren't... Um, I won't spoil it for them. Trick or treat! Hey, Brian. You want to play role-playing games tonight? I can't. My body's trapped in this strange membrane. Wow. Should I take you to a doctor? Nah. It feels really good. Just put my earbuds in. No, that's just wrong. But here at Tales from the Lich, we're all right. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com <sighs> That's just wrong. <laughs>